Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. No one's perfect and someone is about to snap. Pretty Little Liars, The Perfectionists. New series premieres tonight at 8 Eastern and Pacific, only on W Network. He blitzes right past Marshawn to the net. Dishes, what timer score? Leon Dreisaitl. What a play by McDavid. Dreisaitl's got it back. 10 seconds to play. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Toronto leading Philadelphia 2-0 after the first period. Late in the first, Boston up 1-0 on the Rangers. Later on tonight, Dallas at Calgary. And then the Stars are here tomorrow night to take on your Edmonton Oilers. 5.30 face-off show game at 7 here on 6.30, Chad. And at 8 o'clock, it is the Avalanche hosting the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, the Avalanche with 81 points. They have the last playoff spot in the West on a tiebreaker with Arizona. The uh, Avalanche have a game in hand, so they get the tiebreaker over Arizona, both with 81. Minnesota, 79 points. Chicago and Edmonton, both 76. Still going to be extremely, extremely difficult for the Oilers to make the playoffs. And uh, so Colorado playing tonight, a chance to go to 83 points. So you got to cheer for Vegas if you're an Oilers fan. Now, the thing is, on Friday, Arizona and Colorado play each other so the best case scenario for the Oilers going into Saturday's game against Anaheim is that they are five points out of the playoffs which is where they are right now so that best case scenario would be Colorado loses tonight to Vegas the Oilers beat Dallas tomorrow so they would temporarily get within three and then obviously Arizona and Colorado would play each other on Friday and uh, the winning team would move five back ahead of, uh, of the Edmonton Oilers. So that is how that situation shakes down. We will also keep an eye on the Edmonton Oil Kings game in Medicine Hat. And man, it has been tough for the Oil Kings against that big six foot seven Danish goalie, Mad Sogard, who last night shut out the Oil Kings. The Tigers won the game 5-0 to go up 2-1 in the best of seven. So game four tonight in Medicine Hat. Game five is back at Rogers Place on Friday. Oilkings.ca to get all your ticketing information there. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Ched. You can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. The email, insidesports at 630ched.com. So two games left on this homestand for the Oilers, Dallas and then Anaheim. Then Monday, Tuesday, they have those road games, Vegas and Colorado, back home a week from tomorrow against San Jose, final home game of the regular season. And then last regular season game is a road game at Calgary next Saturday. Uh, and the Oilers pretty much have to go 6-0, and and even that might be enough. It is, uh, again, 
The last 18 games have been okay, 10-5-3 in their last 18. The problem this season was the 25 games before that, where the Oilers went 6-17-2. 11 games below 500 over a 25-game stretch, and that's uh, really what has them in this position. Having said that, Last night sure was fun, wasn't it? Grab by Chase on, fires, deflected home. Beautiful tip by Nugent Hopkins. Drysaddle driving in, reach shot, score off the run. Nurse, high slot, handled brilliantly by Nugent Hopkins, turns and scores. Nugent Hopkins, left circle, wrist shot, score. Patrick Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great, it's great to see uh, different guys, uh, you know, uh, contribute and, and um, you know, uh, a lot of guys having having uh, a lot of uh, big big nights and, and, you know, that's exciting and, and we need that and, um, you know, obviously it's, uh, it's it's a great year for Nuge too. Nearest to McDavid, left circle, back door, one-timer, score. Dreisaitl's second of the game, a virtual tap-in. Now a two-on-one. McDavid and Dreisaitl, McDavid, Dreisaitl, one-timer, score! There's the hat-trick! Leon Dreisaitl, his first ever in the regular season. It's been a while since uh, it's happened in the league, so it's uh, it was pretty cool. Um, when, uh, when they got that two-on-one late, it was, I mean, it's with those two guys, it's pretty standard. It's going to be uh, going in. So, um, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty special for sure, um, but uh, definitely a lot better when you get the win. Dreisaitl, McDavid enjoying their hat tricks, or pardon me, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins enjoying their hat tricks. McDavid and Cassian also scoring in that game as the Oilers beat Los Angeles 8-4. And perhaps, well not perhaps, definitely one of the, well, I'm probably the happiest coincidence of my broadcasting career. This was about well, almost 24 hours ago, Kellen. Was it about 20 after 6 we did trivia yesterday? I believe so, yeah. Here was like yesterday's trivia question on the Faceoff show before the game. Back on December 20th, 1985, the Oilers beat the LA Kings 9-4. Which two Oilers had hat tricks in that game? What year? Uh, December 20th, 1985. Well, actually, one guy had a four-goal game, and the other guy had a hat trick. So, for some reason, my brain prompted me to come up with that trivia question, which then became a pivotal part of the story for the game because that was the last time the Oilers had two players get a hat trick in the same game going into that. So uh, as and I know Andrew was joking around with me before the game. I should ask trivia questions about when was the last time they came back from five points down with six to go. Maybe I should start asking about last time a guy had an eight-point night <laughs> or something like that. Uh, just weird. Like I'm sitting there after the third period or pardon me, after the second period, and it's 7-4, and Nuge already has a hat trick, and then Dreisaitl has two, and I'm thinking, oh my God, Dreisaitl might get another one, and this is going to directly relate to the trivia question we had before the game, and I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if Dreisaitl would have completed the hat trick in the third, and the Oilers would have got a ninth goal, either by Nugent Hopkins or Dreisaitl. So you would have had the same opponent the same score and the same tally of goals with one player getting four and one player getting three. It didn't quite work out that way, uh, but that was pretty weird. Pretty fun to follow. A lot going on in that game. Chason gets a career high in points. Cassian gets a career high in goals. McDavid up to 112 points. 
That's a new career high for him. And Dreisaitl still building on his totals for the season. He is up to 99 points on the year. And with the three goals to get up to 46, now increases his chances once again of getting to 50. 46 goals with six games to play. A lot of good stories for the Oilers. And, and look, overall for this year, it's a tough year. Uh, huge question marks going into the summer. General manager, coach, handling the salary cap, finding some depth scoring, all those types of things. But on the small picture, all you can do is evaluate how the players who are on the team are doing. And it's been a nice little run for Joe Gambardella, the kid from Staten Island, New York. Well, he's not a kid. He's 25 years of age. Finally got a chance to make his NHL debut on New Year's Eve in that loss to the Winnipeg Jets. Got sent back down to the farm. Now he's back up for his second stint. He got an assist on the dry subtle hat trick goal. So most of the game he plays with Nugent Hopkins and Chase on. And then uh, Hitchcock gives him a nice little treat at the end, puts him up with Dreisaitl and McDavid. He assists on Dreisaitl's goal, so he has an assist in three straight games, and Gambardella definitely enjoying this experience. It's a blast to be back up, and uh, all the guys are awesome, and um, we've got a special group in here. We have a chance to do something special. I'm just uh, enjoying it every day that lasts. When you're, first of all, on a line with Nugent Hopkins, and then you get some shifts with Dreisaitl and McDavid last night, what are you thinking? Uh... I think the thing was uh, I couldn't think. <laughs> that was a uh, moral of it. It was just, uh, you know, every time I talk about it, I still get goosebumps at all my family and my girlfriend and my friends texting me, uh, telling me, like, well, what was it like? What was it like? And it's, uh, there's no words. It's, uh, I'm very privileged to play yesterday with Nugent Hopkins and Chase on for the, for the game. And then uh, it was nice to get a shift at the end with the two top guys in the league. And, you know, it's, uh, it was a privilege and very honored. And you get an assist, so you got a three-game streak going, an assist on Leon's hat-trick goal. Yeah, no, uh, great job by Leon. He was just for, uh, it was nice that he got to top it off. He had a hell of a game. He's a hell of a player, and a great pass by McDavid. It's uh, really, uh, really something special to be able to play with them, and just being back up is something special in itself. I mean, obviously, you work hard. We can see that uh, you think when you're out there on the ice. How would you describe, if you had to, you know, your 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 dimension that you're trying to bring, you know, on top of the work ethic and, and using your brain out there? Uh, yeah, I think the the first and foremost thing is my work ethic every day. Um, being able to come back to the bench, saying I'm the hardest worker out there, and also at the same time, uh, the ability to make plays and um, make things happen when you're out there, create offense. Um, try to not give up uh, anything on the defensive side and uh, hopefully pot some goals. Have you felt, well, what's the biggest stride you feel you've taken now through 10 NHL games? Uh, I think getting up to speed again and feeling more comfortable. Uh, the first call up was kind of just uh, all adrenaline and all uh, kind of like anxiousness and now you, you feel more settled and you know your role, you know what's expected of you, you know what's expected at this level and uh, you, you feel more comfortable and the guys do a great job of making you feel that every day. What's the story with the uh, with the 45 and the uh, and the necklace? Oh, so um, the number 45 is uh, a tattoo I have on my back. It's 459 for uh, growing up before smartphones were out and my dad was at work, so I couldn't take the time to send essays on the keypad with the numbers. So the number 4 has the letter I, the number 5 has the letter L, and the number 9 has the letter Y for I love you. And I have everybody in my family 459 on my back. And then my necklace, I have the number 5. Um, I have five people in my family, and then... Inside the necklace is a ring that my girlfriend's grandmother had given me, so I keep them both close to my heart. That's amazing, and your brothers must be thrilled, eh? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're very happy, and I'm very proud of me, and, uh, you know, they're very competitive growing up with them, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's been a blast. 
That is Joe Gambardella. He's a very interesting guy to talk to. We've uh, we've profiled him over the last two development camps as he's he's been with the Oilers through their development camps and uh, got some preseason games. Uh, he is a smart young man. Uh, I know we told the story in the preseason about how he uh, is wants to be you know a personal trainer whenever he's done playing hockey and has already started a business along those lines uh, in back in Staten Island. But he's certainly enjoying this experience and you know maybe somebody now he is going to be an RFA this summer I I certainly think he's worth resigning for the Oilers I am not writing him in on the NHL roster but a bit of an older player with some experience who has you know who has taken some steps in the time he has been up with the team and I think a valuable guy for organizational organizational depth and and here's a thing too with the Oilers what have they been guilty of and criticized for so much in in recent seasons is that they rush their prospects well as much respect as i have for joe gambardella he's less likely to be a long-term oiler than kyler yamamoto evan bouchard tyler benson some of the guys that they actually drafted especially in the in the first you know first second or third rounds so if gambardella is a player who can come up and be a useful player and uh, you know, not hurt you if he's up for a few games, and allow players who are still learning to stay a little longer in the AHL or not be exposed to the NHL before they're ready. Then I think having a player like him is valuable for the organization. Most of the game, Gambardella played on a line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He works to get the puck first of all. He works hard to get the puck, and then as soon as he gets it, he gets his eyes up and uh, is always looking to make a play on the net or uh, to somebody. So. Um, I was really impressed by that. Uh, I felt like he was getting the puck a lot and, and finding meter chasers. So um, he definitely uh, went out there and, uh, and and proved that he deserved to be out there. And um, and he's a hardworking guy, and uh, he can uh, really make plays. So it's good to see. All right, that's the nuge, and I, I know a lot of you are happy to see. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply him get the three last night how is matt benning's face you'll get that update when we get back to inside sports this is inside sports with reed wilkins on edmonton sports leader 630 chad Thanks a lot for checking in tonight. It is 6:21. The Flyers have tied the game with Toronto. It's now 2-2. Eight and a half minutes into the second period. We'll keep you updated on that one. Oil Kings in Medicine Hat at 7. Big game for the Oil Kings. They're down 2-1 in the best of seven. You can text 6:30, 6:30. Uh, this texter says the Oilers go 6-0, and and no one else ahead of them goes better than 3-3, three and three, and the Oilers will squeak in. you got to have faith. Well, faith, a big part of it. For the Oilers right now, I, I always check that website, sportsclubstats.com, and the Oilers' playoff chances have improved from 0.5 of a percent yesterday to 0.7 of a percent. So we're up to a 7 in 1,000 chance of the Oilers making the playoffs. Kellen, if you believe in all that math wizardry. There you go. <laughs> I was never a big math guy. Kellen's, so. un- Kellen's unimpressed. No, no. I was more of a social studies and English 
person rather than a math dude. So, a couple people uh, texting in about my my trivia question yesterday, which then tied into what happened in the game. Uh, Reed, are you going to ask a trivia question about someone getting eight points in a game? Uh, yeah, a couple a couple things along those lines. I, I don't know, Kel. I think I have to be I have to be careful with my newfound powers. <laughs> I've, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Well, that's that's the, what I've learned. You in saw my all life. the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies back in the day, right? <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta be, uh, I gotta be careful here. I gotta be careful. I can't just start saying things are gonna be, happen or tie in trivia questions to things in the past that are that are bound to happen again. In which case, though, if if this is true, the fourteen well, listeners are going to turn into four hundred here overnight. You watch. Well, I. But what if this is my mutant power that I'm just discovering? <laughs> that my my trivia questions somehow make things happen. I'd have to join the X Men. Reynolds texting in. He says, "How big are those squandered three points against Jersey and Ottawa looking today?" Well, they're looking big. I, I mean, sure, if you would have beat New Jersey, you would have beat Ottawa. Uh, you'd be two points out instead of five. I, I just, Reynolds, I will, I will say this to you, and I totally understand where that comment is coming from because those are recent results against teams that the Oilers are actually ahead of in the standings. And, and I mean, heck, the Oilers are, are you know, 22nd, 23rd overall. They're, they're only ahead of a third of the league. So, yeah, when you play teams lower down, you got to jump on them. But but again, they're they're still ten five and three in their last eighteen games. I still go back to the run of twenty five games where they won six seventeen and two. In, in my mind, and and this is you know purely my opinion. I realize some people are going to see it different ways in terms of what was really most costly this season. And like that one, the other texture said in, hey, maybe, maybe they go six and zero, oh, and maybe there's some sort of miracle here. Um, but that's what I'm going to remember about this season is that extended stretch of games where they, they didn't have cleft bomb. They were getting badly outshot most games. Like they had a stretch of 18 of 19 games where they got outshot. The, neither goaltender who was playing was, was really grabbing it. The PK has been bad all year. So that's really the chunk of games I'm going to remember. Now, I, I'm with you, and, and I know those were home games, especially the New Jersey game. I talked to a lot of frustrated fans who had tickets for that game, spent money on that game, and, and the Oilers you know, pretty much stunk against a, a pretty poor team. I get all that, but I, I just think the body of work over this last part of the season so far has been, has been decent. Has been decent, but they just got so far behind, so far behind. They were four points back going into their break, the all-star break and the bye week. They were four points out coming out of that, and that's kind of, I thought, they needed to be no more than four to have a chance, but then they continued to to not do well for the first week and a half uh, of February, and and then it was actually that game McDavid was sick for against Arizona, where they got a a late goal and lost in a shootout. That's where this run of ten five and three started. So really, I look at it basically from mid December through to the second week of February, and that's 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 a long, almost two months. Where if you're asking me where are the five points that they would have needed, I would not point to the New Jersey and Ottawa game. No, I I get it; those didn't help. But I would actually point to, hey, you know what? Here's 25 games. That's 50 available points where they got 14. Like, do that over the course of a whole season. I mean, that's like a 45-point team, right? So 
I, I get it, Reynolds. You're right. Those were disappointing losses, and that's probably going to be, you know, debate the year down the road. Years down the road, the Oilers will maybe be close this year. It's like, oh, they lost this game. They lost this game. Fair enough. But it, it's that whole group of games where they just were not good enough. Jamie says, hey, Reed, after the first hat trick, I tossed one of my favorite hats. I went in the intermission, bought a brand new hat. Am I a terrible person for not throwing my second freshly bought $40 hat? Jamie, I would never call you a terrible person. You're a wonderful human being. And hey, you needed a hat. You went to the arena with a hat. You got to come home with a hat. It's just the balance of the universe. I had this debate last night with a friend. Hats are expensive, Reed. They are expensive. <laughs> Kelly Rudy coming up in the next half hour. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Okay, 2-2 Maple Leafs and Flyers late in the second period after the first 1-1 Rangers and Bruins. Later, Golden Knights and Avalanche, and the Stars will take on the Flames. And then Dallas here tomorrow night to meet the Oilers. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad. Face-off show at 5.30, game at 7. And uh, we'll keep you updated in half an hour once the Oil Kings get started in Medicine Hat. They have run into a hot goalie, Mad Sogard, of the Medicine Hat Tigers. They were shut out last night as the Tigers go up 2-1 in the best of seven. Okay. We got to help Jamie out. So here's the, here's the text he sent in just before the news break. After the first hat trick, I tossed one of my favorite hats. I went in the intermission and bought a brand new hat. Am I a terrible person for not throwing my second freshly bought $40 hat. Now, Jamie's question was, am I a terrible person? I'm going to say no, he's not a terrible person. But should he have thrown the $40 hat? Would have you thrown the second hat? So Nuge gets a hat trick. You throw your hat. Settle gets a hat trick. Are you like, oh, I just bought this hat? Or do you throw it? That'll be our off-topic topic for tonight. 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. Oh, my goodness. Wanting to chime in on this. You hear him 9 to noon every day here on 630, Ched, with the appropriately named Ryan Jesperson show. It's Ryan Jesperson. Hi, Ryan. Reed Wilkins. How are you? Oh, it's, I'm happy to hear from you. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm on my way out to Drayton Valley, Alberta. Uh, we're broadcasting tomorrow live from Drayton Valley and I'm tuned into Inside Sports obviously and I have a very vested interest in this as the in-game host of the Edmonton Oilers so I thought I would humbly call in and see if you would be interested in my perspective. Well of of course I am Ryan yes that's really all I'm interested in. Reed here's my thought on this uh, I specifically, we welcomed in the second period, uh, midway through the period during a television timeout, a contestant, a fan, who proved to be, and we, we conspired against him, the first to ever lose the coffee cup shuffle. And that was directly because 
he had his, and it was an albeit a very nice hat, but he had his Oilers hat on. And I said to him, you know, off camera, so to speak, as we were getting ready to go with the contest, hey, what are you doing with your hat? Like, what are you doing with the hat on? When's the last time you saw a first period hat trick? And from Nuge, no less. And he goes, I know, I know, he says, but here's the thing. It's a special edition hat. It was an Oilers Nation hat. And he's like, I just can't throw it. And I was thinking, okay, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's, I think there's room for debate there. And then the second hat trick from Leon on his quest for 50, like I just thought that guy better. So I tweeted about it last night, and it was to, it was to that guy in a veiled, passive-aggressive way. And I said, two hatties on the same night. I said, if you're walking out of Rogers Place with a hat on your head, you better have a darn good reason. I guess maybe the lesson is if you attend a hockey game, wear a hat you're willing to part with and that way you're not that way you got yeah, the bases covered you throw the hat and then you don't feel bad about parting with it you can't wear but, the special but, edition hat i agree however when you have i don't blame here's the thing i don't blame this guy like i this guy was a great dude and i, I don't 100 blame him because when you get your hands on special limited you know maybe you wore it with your dad to a playoff game or maybe there's some sentimental attachment to a hat but that's what makes the fan expression of a hat trick so great is like you're saying, just as the player gave so much to us, I will now give so much to the player. And and in closing, Reed, I just wanted to say to Jamie, uh, number one, he asked, is he a terrible person? He's not even close. He's there supporting his team uh, and, and helping them put wins together. And number two, after throwing his hat, he goes and buys another. So, Jamie, whether or not you should have thrown the second hat is up for debate. You're not even close to a terrible person. Reed, in closing, I'll say this. The $40 that Jamie spent on that hat, even though he would have only had it in his possession for half an hour, the story of throwing two hats in one night is worth <laughs> way more than $40. Jespo, it's great to hear from you. Have a good broadcast tomorrow and wave to Evansburg when you turn left to go to Drayton Valley, okay? Reed, I will blast my horn through Evansburg, and thank you for taking my call. That is Ryan Jesperson, the host of the Ryan Jesperson Show, 9 to noon every, nine to noon every day on 6.30. Chad, that was uh, awesome to have him calling in. Uh, Devin said, yes, you got to throw both hats. And Devin says he did throw two hats yesterday. Another person says, you throw it. Can you not get it back at the lost and found after the game? I'm pretty sure the cat, the, uh, the hats, the cats. Thank God it's not called a cat trick. Can you imagine throwing all those cats on the ice? It, it's it, not Florida either, so we're not throwing rats. And there was a rat trick in Florida. That's, That's a good right. point. They were not real rats, though. That we that we know of, but uh, the the hats are donated to charity. They're collected and donated to charity. Correct. Yeah. So you know they're distributed. Uh, Dwayne says uh, yes. Jamie should have thrown the hat just for the story to tell the grandkids. Throwing a hat and buying another, and throwing that hat, but now he has no story. That is from Dwayne. I hope I hope Jamie's taking all this advice still. Uh, Jeremy from Glendon at McEwen, who I ran into at Studio 99 last night. He says, Reed, the real question to ask is, at what dollar value would you not throw a freshly bought hat on the ice? As a poor university student, I would throw a new hat worth no more than $25. 
The other fan foul I saw is that a guy threw his hat, the hat hit the glass and the ground, then he went and picked it up and put it back on. Jeremy from Glendon texting it. Instead of completing the throw the rest of the distance, he said, well, I, I didn't make it, so uh, I'll put it back on. This is this is a very fun conversation, proper hat trick etiquette. I know it was a few years ago. Well, we and we had, uh, we had a couple of preseason hat tricks this year, but I remember having this discussion. Uh, I think Anton Lander got a preseason hat trick, and there seemed that there was a, a beat before the hats started coming down. And then it was as if a few people thought, okay, we're still going to throw the hat even though it's preseason. There's no doubt in the regular season, I guess, unless we're finding out it's two hat tricks in the same game and maybe you've already lost uh, lost one hat. Uh, this is some fun stuff. Thanks, everybody, for chiming in. 641, well, you can keep chiming in if you want, 630, 630 to text. 641, we'll take a break. We'll bring back uh, Kelly Rudy. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. a good one from Dan texting in. He says, I threw my hat at the hotel TV twice last night, and even if they lost, I would have thrown my hat at the TV after the game. LOL, go Oilers. <laughs> that is a text coming in from Dan to 630-630. Fun topic, as the Oilers had a fun night at Rogers Place beating the Los Angeles Kings 8-4. He joins us every week here on Inside Sports. He's with the NHL on Rogers, former NHL goaltender Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, Reed. It is great to have you on the show and uh, a pretty interesting game at Rogers Place last night. The good old double hat trick. It, it only happens against the Kings uh, every 34 years or so <laughs> based, on, based on the stats. But uh, pretty pretty cool night. I mean, the fans got into it. The hats flying onto the ice. And uh, yeah. there was no – I mean, the Walker, the defenseman for the Kings, could have tackled Dreisaitl on that last two-on-one. And I think McDavid still would have tried to bank the, bank the puck it up. Leon to get him the hat trick. <laughs> well, you know, it is interesting. And when you sent me the text about hat tricks, and uh, I know that I've given up so many of them. And the first game that comes to mind, actually, I gave up four in a 4 4 tie versus Detroit in 1994. Uh, it was, uh, we were trying to make a, a run for the playoffs. And so it was an important game, but uh, Fedorov scored all four of them on me and then he had a chance at the fifth in overtime he had uh, a penalty shot and i saved him in uh, overtime so that one was the first one that comes to mind but i've given up so many of and i think i was in a game versus calgary a playoff game in 1990 i think the final was 12-4 or something if i'm not mistaken i know two guys had hat tricks for us i want to say tony granado and thomas sandstrom and i'm thinking even dave taylor might have had one as well i'm a little bit unsure but i mean that was in an era where 12-4 although that was embarrassing it wasn't the worst loss you're ever going to have well, and it was such a weird game yesterday, too, because, like, it's 5-1 after the first period. And, I, and Rob and I talked about it after the game, and Rob said that's such a different vibe 
going to the dressing room after one period up four. I mean, it might happen sometimes after two, but but after one, yeah. you know, I wonder what you would you would think about that or your experience because obviously you're flying high, but you don't want to start yeah. high fiving and celebrating the win with that much time left. And I mean, and LA did it make it moderately interesting uh, throughout the second period. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, when we had a big lead like that after one, I'd go into the dressing room and I'd usually give the guys heck. And uh, it wasn't about what just happened. It's about how we're preparing to get ready because the guys are now laughing. They're having the time of their lives. And you could see the focus always going away. And so I was petrified. And uh, oftentimes, as you said, the other team makes a game of it. So what turned out to be looking like it's going to be a fun night, all of a sudden you've got to put your work boots back on and gut it out. Maybe that wasn't necessarily the case last night, but there have been plenty of examples of that throughout the history of the game where somebody uh, steps on the other team big early and then all of a sudden you're in a fight uh, with 10 minutes to go in the third period. So I hated those. Um you know, I always was of the mindset, hey, great, we're up 5-1, let's bury them, let's be up 10-1 after two. Let's not make it 6-4 or something. Let's All of us, let's have some fun. Let's make sure that this is a great team game and that uh, not everybody's happy because they're getting cookies, but we've lost focus about the rest of our game. Well, that's the thing, right? It can become such a loose game, and we saw that last night. I mean, L.A. played most of the second period like, okay, we got to try to get back in it, and if we don't, does it matter if we lose 6-1 or 9-1? If we're, if we're already right. out of it, right? And I think it, and I think it loosened the Oilers up, uh, up too and, and, and led to some of the L.A. chances late in the second period. Oh, no question about it, yeah. And and you're right for L.A. I mean, this is a new experience for a lot of those guys to be having such a, a bad season. Um, and most of, not most, some of those guys are used to having so much success, especially like four years ago. And so this is a miserable season, so they're just going to make the game fun. And if that means open it up, well, so be it. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. He's our weekly guest here on the show. The uh, I, I know you don't get a vote. The, the Vesna is uh, an interesting award because it's actually the 31 general managers that get a vote. There are obviously some goaltenders having some pretty uh, pretty eye-popping seasons led by Vasilevsky in Tampa Bay. I mean, they could, they could win a lot of individual awards at the end of the year. you know. But some other goalies have been pretty important to their team's success or keeping their teams where they are in, in the playoff race. Do you have a, a top three? Kelly, if you know if if you had a vote or or if you had a say here, who do you like this season? You know what? This one's really difficult this year. I, I'm gonna I'm with you. Vasilevsky, I think, is my clear cut favorite this year. Um, for the longest time, until the Leafs started playing terrible defensively, I, I think Anderson was right at the top for me as well. Um, and I'm having a really hard time picking a third choice this year. Um, there's some other guys that have had really good stretches and other times where they haven't been quite as good. You know, guys like, a guy like Hellebuck that played so well last year, he's had stretches where he's been really close to how well he played last year and he's had other stretches where it's been a real battle for him. Um, I'm looking at the uh, maybe, maybe Flurry, maybe, but you know, Time lost in games now. 
Uh, I really can't think of anybody else. Is there somebody that comes to mind for you? Well, Gibson, you know, did have a pretty good year for Anaheim, but uh, you know, on a team that that's that is that far out of it. But he he kept right. them afloat. I thought first half of the season, but then they they had that incredible drought with two wins in twenty games or whatever it was. I mean, you know, Price right. in Montreal there again. He's been important, I think, especially lately. Those are a couple of guys that would pop into my head. Well, I would agree with Gibson. He's had a really good year, but unfortunately he plays on a lousy team, and I don't think a non-playoff team, you should win the Vesna, and that's somewhat unfair to the season that he's had. But even a guy like Price, and he's one of the guys I put in that group where at times uh, he has been spectacular, and other times he's struggled. And so I, I think a Vesna winning season, you should be more along the lines of Vasilevsky, where for the most part you've been excellent. Well, and Tampa Bay looks I mean they're just they're just incredible. And the thing about them is Kelly they've experienced failure. And sometimes teams lose in the playoffs for two two years, three years, four years before they figure it out. And I know they're going to go in with the bullseye and the heavy favorite and everybody's focused. How do you beat Tampa? How do you beat Tampa? But they were sort of in those shoes last year. And I'm sure, I mean, you you play irritated. You play angry after losing in a playoff year where maybe you thought it would, would have been yours like last year. Right, exactly. No, I'm with you. Uh, I am a little bit uh, uh, curious to see how all that pressure is going to affect all those guys because, you know, they've had pretty much a magical season and, uh, you know, a lot of those guys are going to win awards or at least be talked about in a lot of the awards. And sometimes that puts added pressure and uh, they they certainly haven't shown signs that the pressure is going to bother them, but you never know. All right, Kelly, I want to have some fun with you here. Cliff Kingsbury is the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals in the NFL after uh, six seasons with Texas Tech and the NCAA. He he was talking today that he is going to give his players cell phone breaks during meetings, perhaps every 20 or 30 minutes. Go check your phone, get your, you know, put your mind on that, and then come back into the meeting and focus and forget what's going on in the cyber world or on Twitter with with texting. This one's uh, a pretty good conversation topic today what do you what do you think about this kelly you know what this is appropriate and i'm glad you brought it up because uh this is the new world so uh you and i were talking we've talked often uh off air about uh, you know coaches having to change and what might have worked 30 years ago doesn't work today and and with players it's different and so i first heard about this concept uh, earlier this winter and I've forgotten which NFL team, but they do the exact same thing. Now, as you know, in football, they're notorious for having, you know, four or five-hour meetings. And uh, and so this team, and I'm sure there are others that do it, but I just heard about one particular team. Every 20 minutes, they have a break, and it's a cell phone break. So they can go check their, their uh, cell phone, stay in touch, because uh, – Young people today, they feel out of touch with the world if they don't have their phone and if they don't have contact with people. And so uh, I think that it's a smart thing to do. I know that years ago the phones were banned uh, in the intermissions in the dressing room. I think that I'm now hearing that most teams don't care. I mean, if if you want to go check your phone, go ahead. And it's, it's hard to ask young people now to be away from their phone for two and a half, three hours. And so... You know, I was thinking about this last night because my wife and I were having the conversation. We went to a little pub by our house. We watched uh, part of the Oilers game, 
and and we're talking about, and I don't want to rat out teams because I don't know how many teams do this, but I know of a bunch of teams in the NHL that don't even have curfew anymore because it's a waste of time. Like young kids, it's it's an entirely different world, and. In most cases, unless you go to Vegas or somewhere, they're pretty disciplined. They have no reason to go out anywhere, and they, they want to earn their millions. And if you're out past 11 o'clock having too good a time, you're not going to be earning your money. And so, you know, it's an entirely different landscape that we have to accept. And to a certain degree, I think it's kind of cool that, uh, you know, these guys, it's it's different. And if you want to make or if you want to get the best out of them, make them feel comfortable. Sorry, Kelly, I missed that answer. I was texting the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's great, Reed. (laughs) All right, man. Uh, Enjoy your game tonight. We will talk again next week. Playoffs are coming up soon, buddy. It's going to be fun. You got it. Thanks, pal. See ya. That's Kelly Rudy checking in. By the way, Geo on the text line. Thanks for this, Geo. Hey, Reed, here's why it's called a hat trick. The term originated in cricket, where it refers to three wickets taken by a bowler in three consecutive balls, traditionally rewarded with the presentation of a hat. It was later transferred to hockey, soccer, and baseball, where it denotes three consecutive successes, goals, hits, etc., and then to more general use. That is from Geo. And yes, that's true. The coach of an NFL team, Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona, is going to allow his players cell phone breaks during meetings. We'll touch on that as we roll along as well. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.